Hello and welcome to the Trouble with the Snap podcast. I am Tyler Hayward. Jeremy is out today, but that's okay. We got somebody much better, and I'll introduce him in a second. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Like us on Facebook. Follow uh, communicate on that too. Uh, at the Trouble with the Snap podcast, uh, give us your input. You know, we pump up these shows. We want a little bit of input. What can we do to make it better? Like I said, we are making it better today. Former Spartan dog, Jay Green, former tight end for the Michigan State Spartans, is joining us. Uh, you may have seen him pop up. What was it? Within the past year, you created a, that clothing line. You want to talk about that for a sec? Yeah, it actually hasn't even been really a year. I mean, the thought process was probably started about a year ago, but uh, as far as actually doing it, I've been doing it since like February. So how it started was we have a a group, a, a closed group of former players, probably like five or 600 guys. And whenever, you know, people would, they would always put the hashtag SDFL, which stood for Spartan Dog for Life. And I don't remember if I started doing it or if somebody else started doing it, but they replaced the, the F with with the number four. And when I saw it, every time I saw it, it just, you know, I'm like, man, like, that's dope. So that turned that turned into me getting a, a hoodie made for myself. Uh, one of the former players who lives here in Lansing, well, actually, Dwayne, the guy who, who connected me with you, saw the hoodie, yeah. asked, asked me to make him one. So I made him one. And then he posted a picture of it with it, you know, with it on. And, you know, the comments just lit up and people start asking, how can they get one? So that's kind of where it started. And if they do want to get one, how would they do that? Well, so the thing is, the SD4L is player exclusive, but I also have S4L, which is Spartan for Spartan Life. Yep. yep. So. Right now, I, I have some SD4L that's going on. I'm doing, um, I'm doing for Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I'm doing some shirts that are SD4L, and I'm donating all the proceeds to a cancer center in Flint, which is where I'm from. Okay. All right. And uh, so, would they just get in contact with you then? To yes, any, anybody because because I only do pre-orders, so I don't have like a store or anything set up. Right. So I just do pre-orders and, you know, like I tell everybody, if you want something and it's not up, you can just tell me and I can get it for you. Like, that's not a problem, you know. And and it's really something that I've just been doing for fun. Like, I ain't never expected to make a lot of money or none of that. Of course, I, you know, trademark SD4L, you know, to make sure that can't nobody else use it. And then it's just for us. But, yeah, it's, it's just something that I've been doing for fun. And it's been really fun doing it. Oh, dude! Hope too. I've seen it around and everything else. And, um, yeah, I, it's incredible. So, guys, if uh, you want that, obviously go uh, talk to Jay. If you don't know, if you don't know how to get in contact with him, you know what? Even just hit me up, and I'll message him for you, Definitely. and uh, and we'll get you uh, hooked up with that. Definitely. So. Uh, Let's talk about this year's team a little bit because obviously there's a lot of intrigue around it. You know, uh, they're six and zero, which 
I mean, I think six was kind of the expectation for the team anyways, uh, heading into this season. And obviously, Mel Tucker's got a lot to do with that. Can, can you talk about that? Like, what, how, how does this roller coaster happen? You know, Mark D'Antonio uh, had some okay years at the end. I mean, he obviously didn't live up to the expectation that he himself set for mm-hmm. uh, Michigan State. And then Tucker comes in, you go two and five, it's a really rough year. And now all of a sudden you're six and zero. You're looking good. You're still a young team, relatively speaking. Um, obviously, there's some spots on uh, each line that are a little more experienced, but you're still a young team, and you're just bowling over everybody. Well, I think a lot of that has to do with, and I've even said this to him before, is that you know, with all of the places that he's been and the experiences that he's had. You know, I don't think he's a person that's going to settle. You know, he's won two national championships as, you know, as an assistant. He won – he was in another national championship game as, you know, a defensive coordinator, so he knows what it takes. You know, last year was – you know, I think, like you said, it was tough. I don't even – I'm not even really sure how much they were even able to practice but I do know that they didn't have, like, winter conditioning or spring ball, which is very, you know, vital into leading up into your season to have a successful season. But I think that the turnover of the roster, like I said, he knows what it takes. So I think that he came in and, you know, the guys who he didn't feel like fit what he what he was trying to do, you know, he, he let them go and then brought in guys who he felt like did. So I think he did a great job of – you know, bringing in guys to fill those holes and, you know, one of them who who may be a Heisman Trophy winner. Yes. Obviously, the transfer portal's been big for Mel Tucker, more than a lot of other guys. Um, look at everything. Um, ultimately, though, a lot of this team is still, like, the Antonio-level guys. Obviously, there's exceptions like K-9, who... Um, like you said, he's, in my opinion, the front runner for the Heisman Trophy. Do I think it will last when you start to get to Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State, guys who can maybe bully uh, Michigan State's offensive line? Uh, that's to be determined. I think the Penn, he might take a little bit of a hit against Penn State. But when uh, you, you talk about the portal, like, I, I think the thing is, is, He's like I said, he's still got those young guys because they're mostly D'Antonio guys, but he's built this incredible depth with the portal. And, yeah. and I think that that's the difference. Well, depth, and I, and I also think the, the quality of the talent, because like you said, the, pr- pretty much they are all D'Antonio guys, probably with the exception of Kenneth Walker. But when you're talking about Kenneth Walker, you're talking about the straw that stirs the drink. You know, like a lot of the stuff that we have been doing, I don't think would be possible if he wasn't the, the guy who was carrying the ball. And that's no slight to any of the other running backs, but he's just he's just special. You know, he's he's one of those, you know, players that you may you may see once in a generation at your school. And I don't think we've ever had a running back at MSU. You know, with all the great running backs that we've had, I don't think that we've ever had one like this. You know, so I, I think that 
you know, again, of course, you have a, a lot of those guys. You know, Jaden Reed is a D'Antonio guy. Naylor is a D'Antonio guy. Peyton Thorne is a, a D'Antonio guy. But the the person who who makes it possible for them to do all the things that they've been doing, in my opinion, is Kenneth Walker. Yeah, I mean, you say uh, he's special compared to and when you consider, like, all the other uh, running backs that Michigan State's had, you know, Javon Ringer was talked about for the Heisman for a little while. Lorenzo White was obviously a finalist. Some would say he got completely shafted. That would be me right here. Um, what was it, 85, I want to say? 86. Um, yeah, and so you have uh, – I mean, you, you've got a history of incredibly underrated running backs, and I think you're right. Walker, you talked about him stirring the drink, leads the nation in broken tackles, yards after contact, and I think that that speaks volumes to uh, what he's doing, which is part of the reason why I'm, why me personally, I start to question, you know, if he goes against Michigan's front seven, he goes against Penn State's front seven, Ohio State's front seven, things start to maybe decline a little bit just because I feel like he's getting hit a lot earlier than people realize. Uh, well, I, 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 I would, I would, I would beg to differ on that because I feel like if it was just him, I, I would, I would agree with you. But I feel like with our offense, it's kind of like pick your poison. So you're gonna load up the box on him and then leave the other, the two outside guys one on one. I think you're gonna get kind of the same result. You know, so I, I think that going against those teams will only bolster, you know, his his push for the Heisman. And and the the thing about him is, is like I can't even really tell how great our offensive line is, but he's one of those players where he don't need much, you know, to be successful. Right. You know, with with his ability. So you know, I, again, I feel like you know the upcoming games are what's going to bolster you know, his run towards achieving that. And not only that, but, you know, as far as as far as our team, because, you know, we go as he goes pretty much. Yeah, and, well, you, you talked about the blocking on it, and that's uh, – I, I think a couple of the guys don't get enough love. And those, those guys are uh, Connor Hayward and Tyler Hunt. And uh, these guys were – I mean, there's been that play that was highlighted where Hayward took out, what, two Hurricanes, I believe it was, uh, yeah. when Walker Stanford left. You played tight end, all right? Mm -hmm. you're, you're talking about uh, Connor Hayward, who, I mean, obviously his dad was, you know, a great fullback, was my favorite player growing up, mostly because he had to have those custom helmets. And when I was a kid, I was rocking adult helmets because of the size of my head. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, so he's got a little bit of experience in, like, this H-back, fullback slash tight end role. And then you have Tyler Hunt, who's a converted punter, but none of them have played tight end. You've played the position. How difficult is it, is it for uh, those guys to learn that position where it's a combination of blocking and, uh, you know, making plays with the ball in your hand and, you know, making those transitions? So – I, I'm 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 privy to both because I came in as a receiver, yeah. uh, and you know, well, I hurt, I injured my knee, my senior year of high school as a receiver, 
And by the time I got to Michigan State, I was probably about 30 to 40 pounds heavier, you know, from having surgery and not being able to do nothing and gaining weight. So I had to switch positions. And it's really from a receiver to being a tight end, especially when I played, because that's all we did was block. Yeah. So so you, you really had to have a mentality. It's a mentality where it's like it's either going to be you or them. And, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, when I first started, I was not good at blocking at all until I realized the mentality, the mentality that I had to have. You know, you headbutting every play, in the, you know, in the trenches, it's just a lot different than when you out there on that island. So, you know, I'm sure that it, it was not easy for them at all, especially when you're talking about Connor, you know, who, who was a running back and a feature running back at one point. And, and for, for him to do what he has done, the word that I always use is just unselfish. For you to, to figure out, you know, a way that you can help the team, even though maybe it's not the way that you want to, I think it's commendable to him. And then going from being a punter to a tight end, like, you know, punters never get contact. So, again, Mr. Hunt is to be commended for what he has done. You know, that that is it's not easy to, to change from any position to another, but going from a punter, from a kicker, to being in the trenches, that's, like, very extreme. So they are both to be commended because that is not easy at all. Yeah, I know uh, th- this is going to be kind of jumping around here. Um, not a problem. But Michigan's game is coming up. I mean, obviously, it's uh, around Indiana mentality, especially after what happened last season where Indiana beat Michigan State 24 nothing. Right. Um, but, look, here, here's the deal. Uh, your boy Dwayne hooked us up with quite the uh, guest list for our show. Let's just say that. And so we're trying to sprinkle some of these in early. This is what we normally do, though, during Michigan week. We try to get the build up. We try to get the former players, the guys who right. played it and, you know, bled in this game and everything else. Right. What's a memory that you have of the Michigan game that really stands out? And, you know, talk about the increased physicality of it all. The a memory. So in my in my five years here, we won. We beat them twice. Mm-hmm. We beat them my freshman year in 1990 at Michigan when they were ranked number one in the country on the infamous uh, Eddie Brown Desmond Howard play. Yep. Which, by the way, 21 years to the date, which is part of the reason I wanted you. <laughs> oh, wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> didn't didn't know that. But yeah, so that that was a great memory, and and I think anytime we beat them, especially during the time that I played, was always special because we always went into the game as underdogs, and people just pretty much saying there's nowhere in the world. Like I said, my freshman year, we weren't ranked, and they were the number one team in the country. Yeah, number one versus no one. Exactly, and then the, we beat them again in '93 here in East Lansing, and again, they were ranked, and we weren't, and we wound up pulling it out. So, to me, any time that, that you can, you know, do something like that when when the, pretty much the whole world is against you, I, I, I think it's a great memory, but like I always tell people, 
us as Spartans, like we used to it, and I, I think we kind of like it that way. We kind of thrive off being the underdog and not being the one that's talked about, and you know, people not having you know a, a whole lot of expectations of us. We we kind of like you know proving people wrong, so to speak. Uh, as far as the physicality, like that, you can always tell when it's Michigan week because there are. Well, during the time that I played, there were a whole lot more fights in practice, you know, and, and guys were just really on edge. And, you know, from from the start, you know, from the time that you get here, you know, I, I grew up in I grew up in in Michigan. So I understood the the whole rivalry thing. But, you know, like I always tell people, I grew up a Michigan fan because during my growing up years, you didn't see Michigan State on on TV a lot. You know, you had the the run with the 79 team when they won the national championship. But outside of that, like, you just didn't really see Michigan State on TV a lot. And then you started getting guys from my hometown that started coming to Michigan State, starting with, you know, you had Carl Banks, you had Lonnie Young, you had – before them you had uh, Daryl Turner – then you have Mark Ingram and 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 Ryzen and Courtney Hawkins, who was, you know, kind of kind of my mentor, and and showed me the ropes when I got here. So you know, it, it's it's different for me because I can tell you all of all of the Michigan football and basketball history because that's what I grew up watching. But at the same time, as a Spartan, you know, you just grow to to not like them and. You know, I, I think it's warranted because, you know, I always tell people, like, I feel, to me, Michigan fans act like they Alabama or have had the success that Alabama has had. Yeah. The, way, the way that they talk and, 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 and about their program and how great it is, you would think that they have, like, six or seven national championship banners hanging up somewhere, and they don't. And you know the 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 series I think is is kind of evened up <clears throat> in the past in the past fifteen twenty years with us winning a lot of those games, and you know I think it's going to be huge for I don't know if it's ever happened before, but if if we both go into that game undefeated, it's going to be unprecedented. Like that's that's something that you're going to feel all week. Yeah, and I, I think it happened in 2015. Now, I don't know if Michigan had a loss going into it, but I think that happened in 2015, which, you know, good th- good thing for Michigan State. You know, if trends in history tend to repeat itself, Michigan State walks away with a win. I mean, they went to the college football playoff that year. Right. Um, you said Courtney Hawkins was kind of your mentor, and mm-hmm. we saw – I mean, I, I absolutely uh, – Love the staff that Tucker's put together. I love the Courtney Hawkins hire um, as the wide receiver coach. Um, and it, with him being your mentor, I'm assuming it's a very similar role for him as he's teaching, you know, uh, Naylor, as he's teaching Jaden Reed, who we've talked about, and even Trey Mosley, who, I mean, only has three catches less than both Reed and Naylor, I believe. Um, obviously the yardage isn't there because he's not that breakout type guy, but I mean, this group of receivers is really, really good. There's another receiver who there's, let's say he broke out last year for a game and, uh, there, there's been some issues surrounding his availability, who 
coming back to the program soon. Um, don't quote me on that. That's just a guess no, based on And so you have these types of guys. Like, what influence does he have on them and their success level? Because they're all balling out right now. I would say a few things. For one, you're talking about a guy who's done it on the highest level. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he played nine years in the NFL. And, you know, he wasn't just like a – I mean, he was he was a main player. He played for the Steelers for, I want to say, six of those years. And we all know the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. You know, and he was a very vital part of that. He was the first receiver in MSU history – to have 60 catches and a thousand yards, which he did both in the same season, you know, and, 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 and to watch, I think the thing that really impressed me about him when I got here was just to watch him work. You know, I, I had never, I, I always tell people that, you know, like when I came up, like we didn't like how you see all of these personal trainers and kids got trainers, this and their own quarterback this, coaches, exactly doing all of this stuff. When I came up, it was either you had it or you didn't. It wasn't no, you know, you couldn't go to no camp, you know, to get better. You could learn stuff, but like I said, either you had it or you didn't. And and he definitely had it. He came in as a running back, and he was another person who switched positions. You know, as a receiver, and like I said, to for me, just to watch him work and and how serious he was about his craft is the biggest thing that I feel like he instills in them. Because we we did things I had never seen anything like it. You know, as a receiver, like you know, you would think that okay, well, we gonna practice running routes. No, we we running what we would call them tails. So it's just the the end of the route practicing on get coming out of your break. Like he 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 is a he is a route technician. Like I've never seen anything like it, and and I think that that's that's one of the things that you know is 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 a, makes him effective as a receiver coach. You know, they, I'm sure they can go, they go in the receiver room and see his picture on the wall. You know, because he's he's one of the the best MSU receivers in history, mm-hmm. and and for the stuff that he's done. You know, when when somebody with the credentials that he has says something to you, it just carries more weight, I feel like. You know, and and, and I think that's what he's bringing. And and, and on top of all of that, all the things that he's accomplished and everything, he's like one of the most humble people that you ever meet. Wow. Yeah, I I remember watching – I mean, not – I started watching football right around the time he was playing. I remember watching uh, him play for Pittsburgh and uh, Rising. Like, those were two of the first, um, you know, growing up in Michigan, non-Barry Sanders guys. You, right. You know, I sat there and I watched. Uh, that goes, you know, I mean, all the way back to when I was a baby, man. I had this little plaque in my room that said, Lord is my shepherd, but George Perlis was my coach. So my dad raised me up, right. <laughs> You know what I mean? So, so I I remember watching them once I started getting into, you know, football a little bit uh, when I was a kid. But uh, before I let you go, we we do this thing. We we give up our picks for the weekend. Uh, me and Jeremy will uh, obviously give ours 
tomorrow because Thursday is typically our preview show. So we'll break down Indiana there. Uh, Indiana's or Michigan State is favored by three and a half over Indiana. Who you got in that one? And just because, like I said, we're going to be book solid for the next couple weeks. Uh, thanks to uh, Dwayne. Um, g- give us your uh, prediction on the Michigan game as well. I, I'm gonna give you my prediction, period, because I, well, I do, I do Jack Eblin's show every Friday, and we always talk about this. So before the season, I predicted that we would go nine and three, and this this is all documented. Oh. Before the season, I pre- predicted that we would go nine and three, and my reasoning for that is. The, the word that I always use when I tell people about how it is is just different around here now. You know, when, when you when you can go to practice and you can't even tell which one is the head coach because he's just as involved in coaching just as hard as the assistant coaches, to me that's different. And that's not a knock against Coach D'Antonio or any other coach. But it just feels different. You know, the, the accountability, you know, that, that they have – you know, with him is just different. And I just felt like with, with you know, with me and, and my life experience, everything starts from the top. And you can tell a lot about a program, a company, you know, all of these different things that have leaders, you can tell what they are like from looking at the person who's the head. And, and, and he is driven, and I don't think he will settle for anything less than, you know, greatness. So with, with with that being said, that is why I predicted that we would win nine games. Now, after the first few games of the season, I felt like there wasn't a, a, a team on our schedule that we couldn't beat, Ohio State included. Yeah. So I, I I have predicted that that we will run the table, and if we do so, I have I can pick my place of choice to eat anywhere in Michigan on Jack Evelyn. <laughs> but I, so, but I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm way ahead of the curve because I think the so-called experts only predicted, what, four and a half? Four, so four and a half is what uh, we went by when we did our over-unders because that yeah. was what they uh, had on, like, drafting. Yeah, that, that, like was, that. that was crazy. And, now, and, and those are the experts. So, hey, yeah. what do I know? Yeah, well, you you obviously you obviously you know got a game and a half on them already, and I mean, <laughs> look, I I'm obviously a, of the Michigan State fan. We call trouble with the snap because it's like a rivalry show. My buddy's supposed to be uh, repping Michigan, but got you. Uh, but he's getting a little sick of the Harbaugh thing, and we we just picked a moment that was really uh big for this rivalry. But yeah, I mean, even I had like. Six and six, seven and five on a good day, and it looks like that. Obviously, they're going to beat that. Um, well, I, I think a lot but, of people kind of had that because yeah. they didn't want to have expectations, you know, that were crazy. But keep in mind, I I was I was in fall camp and I saw practices and scrimmages. You know what I mean? I was yeah. able to see them in spring ball, so I was I saw. So you had the advantage. That, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I'm not I'm not making it seem like I'm no genius, you know, by a long shot. Because if, if I didn't think we were good, I have no problem with saying, you know, that we're not that good. But yeah. from what I saw, like I saw Kenneth Walker in fall camp and the and the cuts and stuff that he made and I just realized how different he was. I saw the, the competition in practice 
and how they competed. You know, the whole having having a halftime at practice, you know, to 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 refuel and have snacks, the thing that the nutrition like all of like is different. I'm just I'm saying yeah. it's just different. All of the stuff that has been put in place. I mean, when have did you ever think that we would see a football coach, a head football coach here making five million dollars a year? Like that's <laughs> that's that's unheard of. They opened the books for him to be able to hire great assistants. You know, a lot of stuff is changing. It's just different, and and I feel it. And that's just what I go by when I, you know, when I say that I think that that we can win every game on our schedule. Yeah, you you said something about Kenneth Walker. We'll close with this, and then we're we'll okay. Uh, about how you got to see him in practice. Did you see Xavier Henderson's quote the other day? No, where he said, "Man, when he was running over us in practice, it, it was something to the effect of this. I'm I'm not quoting verbatim. I don't have the quote in front of me, but he said something to the effect of when we saw him in practice, I didn't know if he was really really sweet or if we were just really bad on defense. And, and for <laughs> for somebody for somebody as good as Xavier Henderson to say that, that goes to tell you, you know, pretty much what I saw during camp." Yeah, yeah, he's that that Kenneth Walker man. He he's of a different mold. Uh, he he is, and I mean he he's a. I, I have been trying to figure out. You know, one time Jack asked me to come. You know, if I could pick different running backs from MSU history, you know, to 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 make up Kenneth Walker, and and I tried, but. You know, we I don't we ain't never had nothing like this before. We and we have had some great running backs at Michigan yeah. State, but never somebody like him. Like he's he's one of those guys who, as as a as an offensive lineman, it don't take much for him to get to where he need to be. And I think that motivates them knowing that they have a guy like him running behind him to do extra and to do more. So yeah, and I I mean I I ran across this comparison. I mean naturally just because of his shiftiness, I always said Javon Ringer, but then someone goes, he's like a quicker, faster version of Cedric Irvin. And and when so when when Jack asked me, I told him that that he, he his movement reminds me of Cedric Irvin. Yeah, his his power reminds me of a Lorenzo White. And I don't know if you're familiar with DeAndre Cobb, but I'm like he has the oh, speed of DeAndre yeah. Cobb. Yeah, we've had him on the we had him on the show a couple of times. I think man. He, okay. that boy could fly. You know? Yeah, ex- exactly. Spent time as a kick returner in the NFL, and I yep, mean, in order exactly. to do that, you got to have a set of wheels, or you got to be Herschel Walker. <laughs> exactly, and Herschel Walker had wheels too. Yeah. Yep, but he he always took those baby steps, so it made him seem like he was slower than he actually was. <laughs> you know, he he take those baby steps up to the wedge, and then he'd look for his hole like he's behind right. an offensive line. Right. But hey, man, look, we appreciate you taking a step down from Almighty Jack Evling Show to come down here with us on the Trouble with the Snap podcast. We really appreciate it, man. Um, again, our prediction show or our preview show tomorrow. For our listeners, Richard Newsom's going to be on the show on Friday. Looking forward to having him on. And like I said, we got some other guys who uh, we're getting lined up right now as we speak. Man, but can I just say that I, I really appreciate you having me on, and I don't consider it a step down. He just been doing it long. Oh, 
that's that's all. Oh man, like I said, I already had a big head. You just made it bigger. I appreciate nah, that. He, he, he just been doing it longer. <laughs> that's all. But y'all y'all doing great work. So keep it up. Awesome, appreciate it. Again, if you want that uh, S4L gear, you know, reach out to him. If you don't have uh, the contact, reach out to me. I will hook you up with Jay, and we can get you squared away. So, uh, and I and I gotta you gotta give me give me your size too, so I can make sure I get you right. Oh, all right, yeah, I like that. I like that. I'll I'll definitely get in on that. Um, but hey, Jay, again, really appreciate it. For Jay Green, I'm Tyler Hayward. This is the Trouble with the Snap podcast.